I was starting to write an episode about time management, and it turned into a self-care episode. And I don't even like that word. (sighs) Well, get out your botanicals and your loofahs. Here we go. are listening to ADHD Big Brother, the podcast for adults struggling with their ADHD and comorbid depression symptoms. Yeah. I'm your host, Russ Jones, author of Descending to the Top, believer that you can actually have a smile in your life despite this diagnosis. So let's make some sense out of this struggle. Let's learn some stuff. Let's laugh at some stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, here's some stuff. Welcome to the podcast, and I'm really sorry. I was all set to talk time management with you guys, and I actually really like talking about that. Maybe I'll do that episode next week uh, so that, hey, if that's a topic that you're into, be sure to subscribe to the podcast by clickety-clacketing the link situation on whatever platform you're on. That way you're going to be notified when the new podcast happens. It'll it'll automatically shoot into your ears, I think. Uh, Or you can click to join the newsletter. I typically will send out an email newsletter once a week with some tips and stuff, and I put the link to the new shows in that. Or... If you want to get your podcast a little bit early, join the ADHD Big Brother Forum. I always shoot it out to the uh, the forum folks uh, as soon as it's done uh, editing. Those are your options if you want to be buzzed in for the upcoming episodes. Until then, I sidewindered into self-care. It happens. I think that's just the universe's way of saying it is time to take care of yourself. And I'm like, okay, universe, you silly, silly vacuum of infinite nothingness. I hear you. So self-care. Self-care is not something that really sparks me. The concept of it, yes, uh, we have to take care of ourselves. Got it. We have to do things that are kind to ourselves. Understood. The application of it, though, it's not as immediate as I'd like. Like when I'm stressed, when I'm in a state of needing to take care of myself, I want to do something that handles that shit immediately. Like when somebody rejects me, I want to do something to eliminate that feeling of rejection right away. Or when I'm feeling tired and sluggish, I want something that will immediately wake me up and get me moving. And that's not how self-care seems to work. For me, self-care is like the drink water of advice. And actually drinking water is self-care. That's in the family of (laughs) self-care. Drink water instead of soda. Man, that's self-care supreme. But when I think of self-care, I think of, it would be like, okay, I'm in this chaotic, confusing, overwhelming situation. I need to take care of myself quick. And I'm not like, hey, quick, hand me that eight ounce glass of water. Oh, wow. Everything's fixed. Wait, everything's not fixed. It doesn't work like that, unfortunately. So there's this this wonderful thing that it's so very good for us, but it's not set up for the ADHD person who needs to want to do it, needs to have the motivation to do it, needs to have some level of novelty or excitement in it. And oh, this is a good one. We need to remember to do it. Self-care to me, it's like telling me to go to the mountain to stop the fires that are coming in 10 years. Prepare the land. My God, that would feel so meaningless and pointless in the moment. Like, what did you do today? Oh, you know, I moved some dirt around so that the mountain doesn't burn down in 10 years. Oh, is there, was there going to be a fire or something? We don't know. Maybe. You know, it's less likely though, if we move some dirt around. Oh my God. The mountain, it's a metaphor for like, like a heart attack or, or saving for retirement, you know? Will going for a walk every morning stop me from having a heart attack in 10 years? We don't know. Factors are involved, but it's good for us. And over time, goodly things may come of it. So we should do it a bunch in a row. This is normie work. 
to me. It's is that we have to do a bunch of shit in life that feels absolutely dumb. It's unexciting. And there's a reward for that. Maybe in the future, this is the normie way. And I'm just going to try to see if we can ADHD big brother this because we truly need our version of this. We need to take care of ourselves. We need to make time to take care of ourselves. We need some long game stuff. And we're not long game people. And our self-care regimen, if we're being honest with ourselves, for a lot of us, it's currently more of a self-loathing regimen. We've got our daily practice of procrastinating, talking aggressive shit to ourselves, forgetting things, running behind, overreacting to small offenses. That's our regimen. It's a good, hearty, self-loathing regimen. A lot of holistical, bullshitical, negativitrons circulating. I will say this uh, about the holisticals, that self-care stuff, it does work for me, but it takes time, barf, which is why it really blows for people with ADHD. And in the same breath, it's why it's so crucial for us to adopt some form of it, in my opinion. So today I figure I will tell you what works for me and then I'll turn it over to you and maybe you can reach out and tell me what works for you. Self-care as I see it, it's anything that uh, is where I'm giving my brain a data point that I can, that I give a shit about myself. For me, self-care, it's not the immediate fix to an urgent fire. It's preventative maintenance. It's the changing of the oil, the new belts, rotating the tires, replacing the shaft cam flange coils so your blowers can mitigate the fuel generators. It's that stuff. I don't know anything about cars, so I just made half that shit up. But it's preventative maintenance. Some of the things that I do for my self-care are the following. I walk first thing in the morning when I wake up. I have not been doing this for years. When I was down in the abyss of depression, I was not doing that. However, I currently am. So it's a a 20-minute walk. Uh, The sun hasn't even come up yet. It usually starts poking its head up as I'm getting home. It's a phenomenal time to be out walking. Sometimes I'll see a scraggly coyote coming home from his night shift. It's peaceful. It is a nice, peaceful walk. And the extra work that I do on my walk is that I try to practice mindfulness. Maybe you guys can relate to this. I can become trapped inside my head. And how that looks is that I'll be going on my walk and I'll be pining over a million scenarios in a relationship, whether I could have a life with this one person or what I, what I should be looking for in a partner, love and loneliness. Those are circulating dramas in my mind right now. Or I'll be going over some issue at work, whatever it is. I'm completely immersed in a world in my mind while I'm walking. And the it feels normal. That feels comfortable. Even if it's a breeding ground for being lost or feeling lost, it feels normal. But when I look up and I see that, okay, I'm walking on a sidewalk. Hey, there's a tree right in front of me. There's the reality of the moment. In this moment, out on this sidewalk, I, I have no problems. I'm just a guy walking and, oh, hey, there's a tree right there. And hey, this is the real moment I'm having. It's maybe very boring, but it's what's real. And so I've been trying to catch myself like a meditation, you know, and I don't need to solve life problems on the walk. I can walk for 20 minutes. I can enjoy the walk for the sake of the walk. And that is some prime motherfucking self-care right there. It's the repeated permission to let go of thoughts and be present in the boring moment. It's, And I say repeated because it's not real to be like, I'm going on a walk and I'm I'm going to be present in the moment only from here to the end of the walk. Your brain won't let you have that. So it's like a gentle, judgment-free, repeated permission to be present and not solve problems. Another aspect of self-care for me is sleep. 
And that's also preventative. I used to be this guy that stays up that, you know, that last bit of the night where you force yourself to stay up because the day isn't over until I go to bed and I didn't get anything done. So I've got to force myself or I did too much grown up boring shit during the day and I'm not going to bed until I enjoy something, do something for me. So maybe I'll play a video game or do something that's relaxing and enjoyable, even if it's in the middle of the night. Well, that's aspect that's over for me. And I'm glad to be on the other end of that because I'm so much better off. My focus is improved. Just in general, things are better when I'm getting reliable sleep. I did the thing where during a time when you don't have anything uh, to deal with in the morning, you go to bed when you feel tired and then you wake up whenever you naturally wake up. You do that for a couple of nights and you go, well, how much time does, how much sleep do I need? And it came to be that I need about seven and a half hours of sleep. And so that's what I give myself most of the time. The walking and the sleeping are good physical self-care tasks. And uh, what I've been doing for my mental health self-care is thought records. That is my self-care for my brain. And it counterattacks my self-loathing. And I'll explain them real quick if you aren't familiar. Uh, I've mentioned it a bit. It's sprinkled throughout the podcast. It's basically do-it-yourself at-home cognitive behavioral therapy. It's a process of journaling out a shitty thought and feeling, identifying it and what the cognitive distortion is. And they have names for them for certain patterns of shitty thinking. And then I journal out what's true, what's false about that thought. And then ultimately journaling out how I would ideally like to think about it. How would I ideally react moving forward if this type of situation were to occur again? And then I just try to move on and distract because the brain's always going to keep coming at me with negativity. And a quick example of how that might look is, uh, let's say I get out of the shower, I see, oh my God, I have a really long nose hair sticking out, and then I start to feel unlovable. And I think about a person and I go, oh, she'd be so turned off by that, grossed out by that. She'd think I'm an old, creepy, bushy-nosed dork. So if I'm able to catch myself feeling shitty and catch myself in the, the middle of these comments and these sentiments that I'm feeling, I might do one of these thought records. The big stuff I tend to journal out on paper, but I've been doing this enough that sometimes I'll workshop it really quick and then move on. In this case, I would journal that I had a thought and this woman wouldn't want to date me if I had one of those nose hairs. She thinks I'm gross. I would, I would maybe point out that the thought made me think of other areas of my body where that she would find unappealing. And then I identify the distortion and the cognitive distortion here would maybe be mind reading or fortune telling. It's where I'm assuming a negative reaction or opinion about me that isn't based in reality. So I would ask myself, uh, what is true and what is false about this situation? And in this in this case, I'd be like, well, I know that this person isn't superficial, so that doesn't track that a nose hair would be this harshly judged situation in the way that my brain has put it out there. And what's my ideal thought here? Well, recognizing that I have no command over the views of another person unless they were literally standing next to me and I asked them point blank, hey. What are your views about my worth and lovability based on this one this one particular nose hair right here? If you just look right here, what do you think about my self-worth and lovability? Just saying that out loud, you I, I, I automatically get a sense of how ridiculous that is. So my ideal is that I notice the nose hair. I deal with it based on my own desire for how I want my nose to look. When I look at myself in the mirror, would I like to pluck my nose hair or would I like to see how long I can get it to grow? What do I want? And then I do so without judgment. And then the aftermath is that I feel good about the new thought and I move on with my life. I distract myself because the brain's going to keep feeding the same bullshit. It will still say, I'm unlovable, blah, blah, blah. 
So my job is to allow that, accept that it's happening, knowing deep down that I've resolved it. I had this discussion with a client recently that feelings, they don't go away just because we resolved them. Our brain, it's like a toddler throwing a tantrum. Like if you ever try to reason with a toddler, it's a fucking nightmare when they're so dysregulated and their emotions are just totally unhinged. You have to be there for them. You have to keep them safe. You have to let the storm pass. Our brain will throw mega tantrums. You know, I already labeled the cognitive distortion. I have my ideal and my brain will be like, no, you're unlovable. You're a loser. And so you just let the brain have that toddler tantrum. You just let the toddler scream and kick. I'm not going to engage with a fucking toddler. I'm just going to pick him up and walk him to the car while he screams and tries to bite me. And then I'm going to lovingly place that little monster in the car seat and buckle him up while he's trying to throw uppercuts and basically murder me with his tiny little weak fists. And then I'm going to drive and I'm going to eat all the candy from the goodie bag at the birthday party because there's no way in hell he's getting any of it. I'm continuing on with my life. Self-care for the brain. For me, that's cognitive behavioral therapy, thought records, and guys, for you forum folks, I created the worksheets so you can walk through uh, what that process looks like as I do them. And it includes the most common distortions, explanations of what they are. It's all in the resources section. So check that out. Um, and if you're not in the forum, I I don't know. What, what are you even waiting for? It is such a cool group of supportive people. But you guys could also Google thought records. There is a host of free stuff out there for thought records. Uh, and they really help me out, especially in my quest to be cool with myself. The other self-care that I do for my peace of mind is I meditate, which I think is funny because it's such an instant like deal breaker for a lot of people. I can't sit still. No, never. It could never work. I would never do it. Or it's some religious thing or it's some quest for a thing called enlightenment, which, you know, that sounds neat, but I don't put much stock in that. To me, meditation, it's brain training. It does wonders to calm a person down, and it's got a lot of other benefits. You can sleuth those out on your own. I've done various forms of meditation over the years, probably been at it for 20 plus years or so. My current practice is a daily 20-minute sitting most days, and the style would be called insight meditation, and I have procured a lofty definition of it. Uh, for you. It's insight meditation, also known as Vipassana meditation. It is the practice rooted in Buddhist traditions. It involves developing mindfulness and cultivating deep self-awareness by observing and investigating the nature of one's thoughts, emotions, and sensory experiences. The goal of insight... Okay, so uh, whatever. Okay. Uh, here's what it is that you sit for 20 minutes, you focus all your attention on your breath. And when shit pops up, you acknowledge it, accept that it happened. And without judgment, you put your attention back on your breath. That's what it is. That's it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. You know how we talked about exercise? Uh, these are brain pushups. You put your attention on your breath, your attention leaves, you bring your attention back to your breath. Then it leaves again, 20 minutes of reps, or maybe your butt starts to itch. So then the focus of your meditation is the non-judgmental acceptance of your butt itch. With each breath, you focus on the sensation of your butt or that itch. You want to scratch it so bad. And so you're interested in that non-judgmentally. You're not a piece of shit because you can't focus. Your meditation isn't ruined because of this annoying itch. The itch has become the meditation. Noticing everything about that butt itch. Where did it start? Why did it start? What the fuck happened that my butt now has an itch right on the cheek? What a bizarre phenomenon. And then when the itch goes away, or when you lose your mind and you aggressively scratch your ass, then you then go back to focusing on your breath. And then the timer goes off and you're done. Okay, what's next? My experience is that over time, it, you do kind of develop a calmer disposition. You're able to let 
go of things a little bit easier. And to me, meditation, it's no different than setting a timer for 10 minutes to do the dishes. I used to meditate for 30 to 45 minutes. That's too long, 20 minutes. That's as manageable for me right now. So I set a timer. When the timer goes off, it's over. It's a timed session. And it has been one of the most monumental self-care situations that I've experienced. And so it is on my self-care list. The self-care thing I'm currently addressing, I haven't been doing it, but uh, now that I'm out of the depressive episode, it's connecting with my friends. When I'm in the dark zone, there's just no, there's no reaching out. It's the best advice. Always falls the flattest to me. You know, you're sad. Make plans with friends. See friends. People love you. Get out and see friends. That just doesn't make any sense uh, to me when I'm down. Sounds great on paper. Will never happen. But that said, I'm up and I'm about. And so self-care to me is taking advantage of that level of energy, reconnecting with the people I love, the people that I care about, give them my attention, my heart, my joy, whatever. The goal for me is that uh, it's to put that effort out there now that I can. And that's me. That's what I'm doing. What are you doing? What's self-care to you? What the hell do you think self-care is? <laughs> do you guys take out the cucumber slices, put them on your eyeballs? Do you go for early morning swims in a lake? That would have me so envious. Uh, do you take long baths? Do you chop firewood to get the energy out? What does self-care look like to you? Let me know. I'm interested. The link to share would be in the show notes. Clickety-clack away. And to summarize, here we go. Uh, ADHD just really kicks us in the ass. And it makes self-care really tough sometimes. A lot of these things that people are supposed to do for their well-being, they just don't feel natural because they're boring. They make us feel stupid. They don't immediately work. They agitate us, even though we know that they would work for us. So my challenge to you would be, well, what is a good thing that you think would be good for you that's just too much of a pain in the ass to do? And then I challenge you to use your ADHD tools to make the smallest microscopic nudge forward on that thing daily. Like you got five minutes, maybe five minutes of yoga, like yoga, really five minutes of yoga. How meaningless. Yeah. There's like a thousand five minute yoga videos out there. People are doing them. That's self-care. You start with five minutes and then you just build up over time. And so begins the ADHD self-care journey. And let me know how it goes. I love hearing from you guys. If you guys are getting value out of the podcast, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. That would be super cool. Share it with your friends. Anybody you think it would help, that's the whole point. And I hope it helped you today. And with that, I also hope that you have a fantastic week. And I'll talk to you later. Later.